0: Hello everybody, welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church, we're glad you're with us as we continue on in the series that we're doing called Radical Living, Radical Living and we're, we're talking about uh, living a life that not only changes us, but impacts the world around us. It's all centered on First Peter, uh, the, is we're using as our foundation, uh, in particular uh, the 12th verse that talks about living such good lives among pre-Christians that they come to know Christ. Ultimately, that's the situation. And that's what we're talking about. And that's what we're shooting at. The scripture reading there in your bulletin this week is First Peter 2, 11 and 12. It's in the message. And uh, I want to read that to you uh, today. It says, Friends, this world is not your home. So don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives, so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they will be one over to God's side, and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So that, that verse there is in the message, that verse uh, 12 is what we're sort of centering the whole thing on in First Peter. Uh, living an exemplary life among the natives. That's, a, that's a, the way they pulled it up in the message. That's good. Um, you know, in the NIV, I said I don't like the word they use there. It's pagans, which has a bad term. It, it, it's referenced bad now. It didn't have the same uh, implication um, back when it was written. It just meant people that didn't know Jesus yet. And so uh, I'd like to change that terminology a little to make it reflect... The, uh, the idea behind it, which is pre-Christians. That's, that's who we're shooting We're supposed to live such a good life that not only does it change us, but it impacts the world around us. And so that's what we're talking about in this idea of radical living. Before we do, I had this, uh, this little thing. This Sunday school teacher says to her kids, uh, she says, you know, we've been learning about how powerful the kings and the queens are in the Old Testament. And she said, but there is a higher power. Can anyone tell me what that higher power is? And they're quiet for a minute. One of the kids raises their hands and says, Aces? Okay. No? Yes? No? Kings, queens, aces? Okay, never mind. All right, so. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk, continue to talk today about this idea of radical living. Radical meaning not what the culture expects. Not uh, different than, than the way that the, the natives are living. And, and that it's a description of a life following Christ. And, and we're going to be looking at uh, parts of 1 Peter chapter 2. We're moving a little further in the book today. And, uh, and so let's hop right in there. First point, and you, you've never heard me say this before, uh, we need to embrace this idea of radical living by doing the next right thing. Some people are probably like, does he have any other material? <laughs> I don't think he has anything else. It's all he's got. What's wrong with him? The, uh, the idea is this, that it's such a foundational part of our walk in Christ that it comes up over and over and over and over again in the Scripture. And so I... I think it needs to be treated that way. It's one of those concepts that's reflected in the life of all the guys uh, all the people living a life in Christ. And it's a concept that the writers of the New Testament keep giving us and, and that I don't think we've um, we hear enough, and so you're going to hear it here. We need to live by trying to do the next right thing. Doing the next right thing is is how we not only live a life that that is better for us, but that impacts the world around us. With the understanding that we'll mess it up sometimes. See, that's where you got to hold it in. It's not... Because people have tried to define this life with rules, and, and you can't put rules. You need to be led by the Spirit. But there are some guidelines, and Peter's going to give them to us in the next point, which is really good. But let's start with this. First Peter 2.11 says, Pardon me. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. You know, when I read that same verse to you in the message, it says, friends, this world isn't your home. Don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. The idea is that... Because we in Christ are now, and we've talked about this, we're, we're citizens of heaven, if you would, citizens of the kingdom of God, we're here uh, on uh, sort of a temporary assignment to be ambassadors, to be ministers. We've we talked all about that. And and so life needs to look differently. And while the people around us uh, always try and, uh, continue to try and find life in having, you remember that's their push, we understand life is found in being. That was our last nine-week series. Being in relationship with God and others, and and it's that concept that that allows us to begin to make better choices in life. It, it's that motivation we get it, the love of God, and and that motivation then frees us up from the pursuits of the culture. Uh, hopefully, over time, but understand you've been trained by the culture for years, and and it's it's a difficult transition. We're impacted by. The culture. Tremendously. We can't help it. It's all everywhere. And, and so we, we, we begin to have to see it differently in order to make the transition towards a life that makes a difference. Um, he goes on, Peter does not in, in verse 216, he says, Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. See, isn't he really talking about doing the next right thing again? I mean, that's that's where the whole conversation is right here. He's saying, look, you've been given this tremendous... And this is what we say. And we've got this tremendous freedom and grace is an amazing thing. But we're not to take advantage of it. We're, we're to, because of the love of God, we're to, we're to do our best to try and do the next right thing. With every decision, with every moment that comes along, we need to try and do the next right thing. First Peter 2.15, he says, For it's God's will that by doing good... You should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. See, there's, there's something about trying to live this thing out with some sort of reality in front of people that will have an impact on them. It's not enough to, to say it and then not live it because they've experienced that. And that's, they, they can write us off as hypocrites. It's in here, loving people the best we can, living among them the best we can, messing up, running to God, asking for forgiveness trying again, not taking advantage of grace, but, but getting the process. That we're, we're transitioning people. That, that we, we've been rescued from darkness, and yet there's still a pull on us. And, and so we're, we're constantly, every day, moment by moment, making decisions in our lives. that And we have to um, try to do the next right thing. Now, Peter does this amazing thing. Second point. And I love this verse. One of my new favorite verses. And I, I just called this point a quick checklist. i doing the next right thing. A quick right thing checklist. And, and uh, he, he, he does this in First Peter 2.17. And it's really a pretty simple verse. But he gives four guidelines. Not rules. Because we break rules. Guidelines. Things to think about. I think he does this perfectly because it's wonderful to think about this. It's a great tool for trying to do the next right thing. He says, 1 Peter 2.17, Show proper respect for everyone, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, and honor the king. In, in, all in context, reading to you how he's saying, don't, don't do this, but do this, and then he pops that verse in there. And, and uh, I think it's this great four-point checklist. That if you'll embrace it in your life when you're trying to make decisions, I think it'll really help you. And they're, they're pretty quick. And it will help you to determine if it's the right thing or not the right thing if you're struggling with it along the way. Because we, we do struggle sometimes. We do justify things. It's a wonderful little thing. And so, here it goes. And, and I, I left plenty of room in there. To put the blanks in there so you could write it down. Because I want you to learn this one. First thing, when you're making a decision, you need to ask yourself, is it respectful? Is it respectful? Does it show proper respect to everyone? That word everyone, you've heard me define it for you before. It means everyone. Everyone is worthy of respect. We have this tendency that we have to break free from of being judgmental and critical. The church has a reputation for it. I've, I've told you over and over again, it's the reason that we lost our voice in the culture all the culture heard from us was us pointing our fingers at them telling them they were bad, 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 bad. We didn't love them. We just started getting critical and judgmental. So what they did was they just muted us. It's like a big giant remote control. Boop! And they muted the church. And they, and it, it was our fault. I mean, we people don't want to hear that. People don't change when they hear that. People know they have issues. People need to hear that God loves them and there's a way out. We don't need to point out their mess. It's not respectful. And, and the way that we show proper respect to everyone, and we've talked about this, but we'll keep talking about this, you've got to see the beauty of their potential. You've got to embrace the golden rule in this thing that, that Jesus taught us in Matthew seven twelve: treat others the way you want to be treated. Not see how they treat you and then treat them correspondingly. Treat them the way you want to be treated, regardless of how they treat you. And and that this, this whole thing will make a difference in the way that we approach life. And it needs to be the first sort of criteria when we're making a decision. Is this is what I'm about to do or say is it respectful for everyone? Or am I launching anywhere I shouldn't? am I moving into judgmentalism or criticalism? Am I am I moving into a spot that, that you know I'm gonna I'm gonna wish I hadn't done later? Is this is this really respectful as I move into it? And if not, don't do it. Button it. It's not worth it. Don't, don't make the decision. That's the first one. Is it respectful? Puts it right in there. Show proper respect for everyone. Second one. B. Is it loving? We're, we're called to love the brotherhood of believers. And, and that we've talked about that the whole motivation for life is wrapped up in loving God and loving others. That, that we're to love well. Where do we love extravagantly? Where to, and, and that God, you know, Jesus even said, look, the world's gonna know me because of the way that you love each other how are we loving one another how are we doing with that and and you know we have to come to a decision and and when we're making decisions is what i'm about to do or is what am i about to say is it loving could i could i characterize it as a loving thing um you know this is one of those ones we talk about this and you're going to think again i'm a broken record this one should shut gossip down altogether because it's gossip is not loving. It's mean. Hurtful. And and the big problem is it, it's seductive and it never gets corrected. Um, when when you engage in gossip and you spread it, when the situation is changed, that story never comes through. It doesn't doesn't make the rounds. And so it's that's why it's so destructive. But if we caught ourselves and, and even asked ourselves, is this loving? Is what I'm about to say loving? Is what I'm about to do loving? It would stop us. From from doing a lot of stuff, so so I think a lot of times those two will will just those are great questions. Is this respectful of everyone? Yes, no, okay, yes, okay. Then is it loving? I can ask question number two. Is it lo- well? Yeah, we, we kind of weigh through it. The the C the letter C that, is it godly? Is it godly? The, it says that you know we have to fear God. That word fear it doesn't mean we would be in terror of God, but but we we need to be in awe of God, uh, we need to respect, he's God, he created everything, is what we're about to do godly, and and uh, you know, my, my question would be at that point, would would this action please God, or not, and if it doesn't, probably shouldn't do it, uh, if it's not pleasing, if I, and so see, I'm, I'm coming through this checklist now with my decisions, if I really took time to go through them, I'm, it's going it's to really help me. You know what I mean? And, and so, you know, I, I start by thinking about it. is it respectful? Oh, okay. Uh, is it loving? Is it, is it godly? Would this, is this something that I can stand before God with? And then this last one um, is really good. I like this one a lot. D, and you, and you might not get it even right away, but is it legal? <laughs> is it legal? And not, what's your opinion on the subject? That's not the issue. Is it legal or not? Because it says there, honor the king. That's what it means. Is it legal? And and you think, oh, well, you know, and I think sometimes we don't break big things, but we question the little things all the time and we pretend they don't really apply to us. Those are the ones we justify. Is it legal? And in my own life, I would say that every time I've worked tried to work around this, bend this a little bit, it always gets me back eventually. I just shouldn't do it. I'm really trying to work on that. If it's not legal, whether I agree with it or not is not the issue. I just shouldn't do it, you know. Um, well, like you know, taking the trees out in the back—I shouldn't do it. I, even if I think it's silly, I shouldn't. do You know what I mean? It's not right, and it, and it has the potential to be a horrible witness of well, they don't care about the rules. Uh, so I have to think about that stuff. We all do, you know. It's little stuff. Is it is it legal? And and if the answer is no, we shouldn't do it. Again, he's not. Peter's not asking you opinion on the matter he's just putting it before you is it respectful is it loving is it godly and is it legal now let me say on the reverse to this with this whole subject especially the last two being godly and legal just because something is legal doesn't mean it's godly so godly trumps legal but but you can't twist that to make something that's not legal work for you. You only get to do it in the fact that if if the culture says this is legal but the word says it's not, stick to the word. See that's the difference. Because just because something's been legalized doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it godly. Just makes it that the culture decided to go against the word of God. At that point, then then see uh, uh, fearing God trumps honoring the king. But. You know, uh, pretty much, you're, you're not going to find there's a, there's a few b- big instances, but for the most part, you can you know, if it's godly and it's legal, then you've then you've made it through. And if you can take they those four questions, should go pretty quick. The only reason those four questions would take any length of time is because you're probably trying to figure out how to do something you shouldn't do. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, but but if you can, if you're wrestling with these things, this the next right thing isn't something you're not about to do, and and so it ought to stop you, and so you ought to be able to go through. Yeah, it's respectful, it's loving. move. should just go through your mind. It's Godly, okay, it's legal, good. Let's, it's all good. But but see, this process is very helpful, and and I thought maybe just having the little guideline that Peter gives us in making those decisions would be a help to everyone because people sometimes go to me, how do you know if it's the next right thing? There you go. It's not a rule. It's not four rules. It's a checklist. If you can run it through there, you're probably okay. You know? And and, you know, mostly it's just getting you to tune into the Spirit of God leading your life. Because you probably already have an idea when you're moving into something you shouldn't do and you're just trying to find some wiggle room because that's what we do. Well, don't. It's going to help you along the way. Is it respectful? Is it loving? Is it godly? And is it legal? Last point is that we have to keep on trusting God. Now, this is an issue, and this comes up um, here, is that I think we're most tempted to not do the next right thing when life's not going the way we want it to go. When, When we're in difficulties, when we're struggling, when we're in pain, when there's something going on. Um, that is the greatest temptation in our lives then, to go ahead and take care of it ourselves and to forget every sort of checklist and just do whatever we feel like doing and justify it. Well, I'm a mess, so I'm just going to do it. And when we do, what it really means is we're not trusting God in that situation. And I get it, it's hard sometimes. That's that's when the big one comes up. You know, when when things are going pretty well, you know, except for, you know, taming the the, the, the wild side of your life, it's much easier to do the next right thing. It's when it's hard, when it's difficult, when things aren't going well, when things like nothing's working, that we have a tendency to try and go just do whatever we want to do. Sin has a tendency to reign. But we have to learn that we have to keep on trusting God, especially in the face of adversity or suffering. And this is the example that Christ gave us. 1 Peter 2.21. He goes on in the same context. To this you were called... Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. It just means that that regardless of what's happening, you need to trust God. Because he goes on in those next two verses, First Peter 2, 22 and 23, and he says this about Jesus, who committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered... He made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. See, Jesus was, was getting a bad thing happening, and he didn't even do anything. Um, a lot of times, you know, we have things going on, and, and you know, when, when we face difficulties, um, often it's, it's the consequence of our own mess. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's the consequence of other people's mess, which seems completely unfair, but that's one of the drawbacks of living in a fallen world on a broken planet. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes other people's sin directly uh, impacts us, and it doesn't seem fair, but it does happen. Um, but but in, in these situations, see, we have to decide, are we going to trust God or are we not? When we don't trust God, we take matters into our own hands. That's when we get in trouble. And when we do that... See, see, ultimately, when we make a bad choice or decision, when we sin, what we've done is we've said, God, I don't really trust you. I'm going to take this one on myself. That's why it's so important, you always hear me say, when we figure it out, when we get convicted, we've got to turn right back to God and ask for forgiveness. Because that's what we've done. We've said, I, I, I didn't trust you. I was trusting me. And, and so, you know, we confess that we were wrong, which means you were right and I was wrong. That's what confession means. And, and daddy, will you forgive me? And says, of course I forgive you. I love you. I want you to learn to trust me. Now go out and do the next right thing. See, that's the process that we live through in this life. And so so this is the concept, again, of taking us in and and I wanted to talk about it because Peter talks about it here about always trying to do the next right thing and how it works. I want you to remember that little checklist because I think it's very helpful. I think those four little points are extremely helpful. And if you can run through those four things, you're probably about to make a good decision. If you can't, and you really you need to know that you're probably not trusting God and you're trying to make something work that shouldn't work and and you know my experience has been when I get out of that spot it gets me later <laughs> it just shouldn't have done it you know I think oh man I just shouldn't have done it but as I get older it gets a little easier to realize you know it's not worth it it's like Let's just do the right thing here. Let's just, let's just figure it out. And if, you know, if, if we can't do what we want to do, well, that's just the way it goes. We can't do what we want to do, but God's still God. And we, we probably weren't doing it right because it didn't run through that test. And it should have. Is it respectful? Is it loving? Is it godly? Is it legal? And, and if it's all four, good. If it's not, don't do it. Just don't. And, and it's, it's a better thing. It feels much better. And, and I know. See, we've been talking about this for a long time. I know most of you are trying to live this life that way. Doesn't it feel better when you're living that way? Doesn't it feel way better to be trying to do the next right thing than to be trying to get away with something? You know, that, that just it eats you up when you're, when you're trying to sneak something you shouldn't do. You know what I mean? It's oh, so much better. Be, get in the light. If it means well, you don't get to do something, okay, I'm going to have to trust God that He's got another way to do it and it's all good. And that's the process. So let's keep on living by doing the next right thing. And and really work those little four things into the process. I think they'll help you. And they'll, they'll just sort of reinforce what the Spirit of God's already telling you. Let it make sure it does the things. Respectful, loving, godly, and legal. And then trust God along the way. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, if you're watching my video, thanks for watching. We're going to uh, close with prayer here, but we'll turn the video off before we get there. If you need anything, you can call us or write us. We'll do what we can to uh, see what we can do for you. But uh, have a good day, and we're going to go ahead and close with prayer.